coming to you live from inside the globe, perched high atop the Bugle Planet building in sunny Gotham City. It's Hey Kids Comics with two guys who are always ready to seduce the innocent, your hosts, Andrew Farmer and the Jedi Cole Houston. And now it's time for Hey Kids Comics. Ladies and gentlemen, back from weird quarantine, um, again, it's uh, Hey Kids <laughs> Comics, and uh, I am Andrew Farmer with me, as always, the Jedi Cole Houston. Hey Cole. Hey there. How you doing, man? I, I'm doing well. I'm uh, keeping, what, 800 miles from you, is it? <laughs> yeah, more than that, I think. I, God, I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. I don't know how many it is. I know how long it takes me to get there. That's about all I know. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be talking to you. Um, I am going to allow you to take the the steering wheel of this show because Cole has undertaken a colossal um, uh, 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 undertaken an undertaking a col a col <laughs> he's he's a Sisyphean task. My only friend is the Undertaker. Oh wait, that's war. That's, that's what is it good for? It, I mean, absolutely nothing. Say it, say it again. Um, but <laughs> Cole has Cole has decided that he was going to do something that we have talked about doing for a great many years, and Cole decided this was the time being being stuck up all up in his house to uh, to do this, and without. Um, Without further ado, Cole, what am I babbling about over here? Well, you know, the thing about it is uh, I've discovered that had this been years ago, had this been about eight or nine years ago, the task I put before myself in the last, gosh, probably less than a month now, yeah, um, just the last few weeks, uh, would have been described at, by you as cyclopean. It would have been, it yes. I was reading a lot of Lovecraft back then. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if you know what that word means. I don't think it word means what you think it means. It means what Lovecraft thought it meant. So okay, well, I, I can't argue with Lovecraft. You cannot argue, not. especially because he's especially, dead. Especially, especially today, because before the show, to to make a quick aside, as we often do, okay, almost always, driving to the apparently inaccessible DFW airport post office. Yeah, I just discovered that the road leading off the main street to the post office yes. coming and going is now just a bunch of dirt with uh, roadblocks in front of it. Okay. I guess they're availing themselves of a lack of people at the airport to go ahead and do some major construction. Sure. But on the way there, as Andrew and I were talking on the phone, lo and behold, what do I see? A name that struck me familiar but i couldn't place it and and god bless you uh, andrew was able to look this up real quick well i'm ashamed that i had to that's that's the yeah problem you should be because i was racking my knowledge here i thought i'd have to call kelly in on this one but uh the, this vanity plate on the car in front of me had haster h-a-s-t-u-r and like i know this name I'm pretty sure Haster doesn't owe me money, but I know the name. Might. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Haster was a bit of a <laughs> uh, he was a bit of a soft touch there. But uh Andy then thankfully uh 
helped me realize that the reason I knew this from my uh, Dungeons and Dragons Deities and Demigods manual is it was one of the uh, Lovecraft mythos that they had to take out of the second printing. That's right. That's right. It's 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 been around since the 1800s. And again, I'm I'm very upset with myself for not uh, yeah. So, so for this not pulling like, that out of my ass. This Cyclopean driver. I I don't think you know what that means. The horrible. <laughs> no, it turned out he he was just had the one eye. So oh, okay. Uh, the, the, this task, this monumental uh, task that I still have largely more ahead of me than behind me, but uh, as they say, every uh, journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. A lot of people died on Everest. Just putting that yes, out there. They, uh, well, so let's just make it sure you know that. All right. Well, I'm prepared to die on this hill. Oh, uh, God. Because by God, I will go to my grave seeing this done. I'm like uh, Jean Valjean. I will see it done. All right. Are you making notes about this show right now? Because I, wish I need to. Because, but what I'm what we're on about is we've often talked in recent years about how oh, wouldn't it be great if we could find some intern, right, to go back and listen to all of the 300 plus issues of this show, all of the annuals and specials and what have you, and kind of glean from that absolutely everything that we ever, not everything we ever said, of course, but uh, basically chronicle, uh, you know, all the appearances of Angelo D'Angelo. So, so it, it used to be just Angelo or how many, uh, under what names did uh, Andy once dance or go to prison? So this is uh, a, this is a real heart of darkness scenario for you. You're definitely oh, yeah. a Colonel Kurtz. Yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm actually um uh Charlie or Martin Sheen driving up the driving. Just, just <laughs> driving on up. up the river and uh I'll turn this boat around. You can't settle down. He's yelling at Charlie and Emilio. <laughs> I, I don't remember that part. Do I need yeah, to go yeah, back and were, uh, it's on the director's cut. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh Kubrick was a bit of a madman. Except that it was Coppola, but Kubrick came right. in. Well, shot why that. not? Why not yeah. make it? Kubrick is there. He's just in the background. Yeah. He was shooting scenes with the kids. He was shooting the scene. He was shooting scenes while they were shooting scenes. Exactly. He was like third unit director. <laughs> so the the long way we're going around all this is <laughs> that as uh, Mrs. Jedi Cole and I are working from home, and I've been sort of secondhand schooled in the world of high finance. Uh, Catherine was suggesting getting me some noise-canceling headphones, and I started putting two and two together and thought, you know, headphones, I ought to be that, as God is my witness, I am that intern! Uh, I had, I just realized I needed to take on this monumental task that we wished we could will upon another, and... Who better than one of us to uh, one of us, one of us, to actually go through and catalog these things because we know what we're looking for. We know what we want to preserve, what analytics we're <laughs> we're hoping to achieve here. I don't envy you for what you're doing, by the way. So, so yeah, I, I don't envy me either. So I began uh, just a scant few weeks ago. 
opening the back issue bins, uh, which are need tremendous. They need some more uh, attention because they're a little behind. But I've got a long ass way to go. And I opened the first back issue bin, which was issues zero through fifty, and our first annual, which is fifty three individual issues of the show. Right. Because for whatever reason, we split number six into six point one and six point two. <laughs> we were trying all kinds of stuff back yeah, then. Yeah, we had a number zero. I don't know why we thought we couldn't just do a two-parter, uh, but there, that's neither here nor there. We've learned a lot. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Yes, indeed. July 4, 2012. So as we record and release this, we're a month away from our ninth anniversary. We're going into year 10 in 2020. Yes. Which is scary and impressive all at once. Or year nine, I'm sorry. Eight years ago. So uh, we'll go into year 10 in 2021, I assure you. At this point, there's no stopping us. So um, just some highlights from the genesis of the show, which oddly enough was not what we released as number zero. I discovered was in fact the what we chose to release as number zero. Uh, Getting to know us, I believe, was the title. Right. My, my internet does not seem to want to open to help me confirm. And um, I'm trying to determine where we finally released what became what was actually we recorded a show. <laughs> and either forgot or took a long ass time getting around to releasing that show. And it was recorded with none other than uh, the Midnight Movie Cowboys own Stuart Balk. Right. And uh, I'm struggling here because I don't have, I can't open my internet properly. But I'm happy I can at least uh, record this with Andy tonight. So, at any rate, we. Uh, Many, many issues later, we would get, come to release what was actually the first issue we ever recorded. But our number zero issue as released was July 4, 2012. Um, there were invocations of what was described as Encyclopedia Brown knowledge. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So we, it, it also we hinted should... at things like sexuality in comics, which we would go on to uh, – to cover, uh, apparently the uh, Chipotle carnivore or Velociraptor was uh, created that, <laughs> that day. <laughs> to put a little thing into perspective, the Avengers had just come out. There you go. So not too long before we launched this, we were in Austin, Texas together watching the Avengers, the Alamo Draft House. Well, and, and it needs to be noted, because you haven't made note of this yet, all of these you went through and made extensive notes on all of these episodes that you've listened to so far. Yes. Handwritten fact, uh, extensive yeah. notes. Frantically handwritten. Uh, I hold in my hand a stack of the notes for issues zero through 68, which include that 6.1 and 6.2 includes uh, the first annual. I've not got far enough to where we did our first special, but that's coming up since I'm presently actually looking at uh, issue uh, or the uh, set. I'm already in the second back issue bin. Uh, we have recorded, I believe, close to 350 issues of the show. 
Yes. I'm a couple behind uh, posting them up on the Jedi Cole universe. Uh, but, you know, this has been an amazing journey of the last eight years uh, for something we were doing. Uh, you know, I feel like Shatner on Saturday Night Live. Something I did on a lark. Uh, well, you were now, noticing that, holy crap. <laughs> that season one, we kind of, we were having fun in season one. Yeah. In season two, or, or I should say year two, we realized, yeah, like, we, we were rushing to get all of our, what we felt was the best material in, because we really didn't know how long we were going to be doing this. Cut to ten years later, <laughs> and here we are. Oh, yeah, you know, it's funny you mention that, because it, it did seem like, especially in year two, we were firing off, we probably in the second year had more story arcs per capita than probably in any year, because I, I know that, like, these days, I try to put some space between them, mm-hmm. a minimum of five issues, sometimes more, and there was a stretch there in the 50s and 60s where we were maybe dropping two issues between arcs. And I think, like you say, this was a product of us just quite anxiously uh, trying to get every issue we could, or our, our best stories that we, we just couldn't wait. And now we have probably a backlog of 60 issues worth of stuff. Just waiting that to be we're done. still, yeah, we have, you know, if you've listened to the show, you know that, a long time ago, we ceased to worry about having material. Oh, yeah. There are more arcs, two-parters, one-shot specials, and, of course, the recurring uh, themes, which we introduced fairly early in, uh, where we were doing things like uh, uh, creator spotlights or our annual San Diego Comic-Con rants or... <laughs> Uh, hey Kids Comics team up just by way of example you know we we were always making you know there, there will always be something to do but we don't have to fall back on those recurring features uh, very much because we have plenty to fill in with yeah so do I want you to do me a favor from the top here okay just, just because I think it's going to be fun I want you to take your stack <laughs> flip through and randomly grab uh, I mean obviously keep them in order but randomly grab a page and pull it out okay I'm going to grab one of these pages that I have in a comic bag because uh, four or five pages uh, received a cat protest pee uh, okay. and I have not yet transcribed them so I shoved them into comic bags not at all ironically so just uh a random number twenty yes. twenty nine. Okay, I, so what was twenty nine? Which which it, show was twenty nine? Keep in mind, it's been ten years since either of us have really thought about what yeah. issue twenty nine was. I'm gonna have to see because I did not have the foresight uh, to write down exactly what each of these was about uh, because I could always go back and refer to them. But I'm I'm calling up the. Uh, the back issue bins now, they're starting to arrive. So, um, that's definitely not 29. I'm trying to tell, let me see if I can tell by what's on either side of it, if it's part of an arc or something. But to, just to kind of move things along, one of the things I'm doing is uh, chronicling every movie or TV show yes. reference. 
So by way of example, just to get one of these out there in front of people, in issue 29, the movies, Top Secret, the 1966 Batman movie, the um, Logan's Run, <laughs> Clash of the Titans, Wrath of the Titans, um, it came from beneath the sea. Can't read my. Uh, some of these are TV shows somehow. So pretty much Indiana Jones across the board. The Lost in Space movie. <laughs> and this is a comic show, right? Yeah, and then for um, for television shows, actually the '66 may have been the the TV show. Uh, the Electric Company, Fantasy Island. Oh, uh, issue number 10. This was fortuitous that I pulled this one. In my notes, we refer to issue 10 as number 9. Nice. Apparently for the entire issue. <laughs> ah. uh, this was, this one was recorded about the time I was launching the original Rancor Pit. The recorded Rancor was, Pit. Which was just me. Right. That's when you tried your ill-fated experiment of yeah, a one-man show for a while. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. Also mentioned was TV versus VJT. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that was premiering about that, that time. I'm guessing we were mentioning it, just telling people to watch it. And I will reiterate, if you have not watched it, you should watch it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, apparently, uh, a lot of, uh, I, I apparently invoked the bat fight video at some point. <laughs> It's a good day for a bat it fight. It is always a good day for a bat fight, my friend. And I think, oh, you had actually uh, also, uh, for obscure references, uh, invoked a Bud Light commercial. <laughs> Did I? With twins! Oh, it's the twins episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number 10. I now have at least some knowledge here. Number 10 was part of the Comics, Commerce, and the Almighty Buck story arc, okay. the long, strong arm of Marvel. I can see where Batfight came in. I don't know where Twins came in. It doesn't matter. It's... And I invoked a joke that was, at the time, probably close to 30 years old. Okay. Which was the Crick Trick from Rooster Cogburn. <laughs> Where he tells the guys to throw their gun, their rifles in the crick, and then he reveals that he's out of bullets. <laughs> I remember seeing that with my dad and saying, "Oh, it's the crick trick." So, in your, uh, I, I need to ask this: like, in your fifty issues of Hey Kids comics that you've listened to, have we? What has been consistent even to this day? Like, is there anything that we've just kept doing? Well, one of the funny things, I could not believe that this was this old. Uh, you you know our good old friend, Old Hollywood. Oh, yeah, Old Hollywood. Cast old Hollywood. Back of the back of the river. That's right. When I cast a man in a picture, I want to see his mug, Old Hollywood. So that, something akin to that very line where we were talking about Hollywood's aversion, uh, apparently straight up through this year. Uh, with the Mandalorian, where that this cycle is finally broken, but Hollywood's aversion to a fully masked principal, yes, just struck me at the time as old Hollywood. Yeah, but you've been on that trip. You've been on that tip for over ten years. No, this was actually born on issue zero. Oh, really? Very show. I because the character when it was first invoked, I'm mentioning a sort of '40s mentality. Um, 
originally created uh, early in the show, mentioned uh, solely as Ghost of Dead Producer <laughs> by the end of the show. When he was invoked again, he was named Old Hollywood. Or I just simply said Old Hollywood more as a statement, and you quite rightly said, well, that's his name. <laughs> and it stuck. And I, I mentioned that because looking at the notes for issue 10, Old Hollywood was invoked in that one. There's a, a little star there where I, uh, Man of Bats, dear God, I just pulled 23 just randomly. 23 was our first Christmas, the first time it was Christmas time when we were recording uh, a show. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can tell. There's 16. So we weren't necessarily doing a Christmas episode per se. I'm not really sure because they're not all completely opening up. But uh, certainly Man of Bats was invoked. It may have been our Christmas stocking stuffer. We didn't do a Christmas special uh, separate at the time. So 23 probably was our Christmas stocking stuffer because I seem to think we were lamenting we couldn't hold out for 25 because the timing would be off. Oh, yes. But uh, Man of Bats was invoked. I don't think that was the, for the first time, but going through, you know, like I said, I'm up into the almost to the 70s now. Uh, the fact that Man of Bats continues to be invoked uh, is rather remarkable. I think he may have been mentioned in the uh, first creator spotlight with, uh, no, that would have been later. Uh, definitely mentioned when we did the uh, creator spotlight with Frank Miller. Yes. We were talking about uh, Frank Miller's Man of Bats Returns. <laughs> and how much we wanted to see that in a much later. Listen, it would be amazing. Issue. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, old, old, old Man of Bats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. The grizzled old man of bats and somewhere in the southwest trying desperately to uh bring order. So we in this one we uh apparently oh you were because I in this particular issue, uh, this was our Christmas stocking stuffer, it turns out. I mention that anti Santa Claus that uh, grabs up children. Oh yeah, yeah. And you were so happy that I didn't know what Krampus what, was. How did you, I'm still, I'm still, how did, how do you not know, how did you not know what Krampus it was? But I'm, I'm glad that I could I, I didn't know there. by name, I just sort of was aware of the Krampus. But yeah, you, you schooled me on that one. Uh, back on uh, issue 23, we also promised a comic book ad issue, which we have yet to do. So let's... Uh, we're in fact, uh, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second because we had a real, still to this day, I think we've gotten better about it or at least we have an excuse for it now where we can say, well, we've got a backlog of 60 issues. You know, we'll, we'll slate it in and get to it. Um, but what are some of the ones that we've talked about that we need to do? Because you and I had an idea to do an entire story arc of promised yeah, I'd like to just to kind of touch on everything we ever promised. So we, we now, through my notes, will be able to tell everything that we promised and never delivered on. Uh, another thing I've discovered in these 60-some-odd issues, uh, I guess about 70 by now if you include all the other uh, bits and pieces, is that very often uh, there, I've come across at least two points, if not three, where we promised something and did not deliver for the longest-ass time. 
on on one of these uh, in my notes, we promised uh, Perkela joining us for She Who Purrs at Midnight, and it took nearly a year for yes. that to happen, and we did not have her as our guest. On top of that, uh, in one I listened to very recently, we promised Chris Fulton um, joining us for the what was it? Uh, Wolf Pack of One. Yes. This was somewhere in the 50s. It was nearly, um, I think it was almost 100 issues later that we did the Wolf Pack of One. And I don't think we had Chris for that. We're bad at this. That's what you're, that's ah. what you're saying. I, you get right down to it. Yeah, we're terrible. We're We've terrible. gotten better, I think. But I think, I think we, again, I think that's a product of us wanting to get so much out there and do so much as fast as we could. Yeah. That, that we, you know, that we let a lot of stuff slip through the cracks only to remember later that, oh, we were going to do this thing, but then we pushed this thing because this thing happened and this thing came up. Oh, yeah. Well, and also, if you've listened to the show in the last few years, you know I have a, a gigantic and ever-evolving uh, spreadsheet. We didn't have that to start with. No, we were We just... were counting on us remembering shit. We were throwing axes at a wall and hoping that they That's stuck. That's right. And sometimes they would stick, and then they would fall out. We didn't know what that was there for. Right. We just axes on the ground. It's not like there were post-it notes we were throwing axes at. We were just throwing axes at blank walls. That's I mean, right. They weren't even our walls. Somehow that was supposed to uh, get us uh, to, to work with this. Uh, there was something you had uh, – um, but, I, again, I um, the stuff that – gelled immediately amazed me because I always thought that you know we we might have kicked something around and then it became something later as a recall uh the fact that old Hollywood became a recall and gelled in the very issue it was developed in um I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna challenge you with a little bit of uh trivia here I'm here for what it. Do you, what do you say at the uh the part that everybody's waiting for the second we start talking the end um buy collect and enjoy your comics Yes, indeed. What did you say on number zero? <laughs> I don't even know. Dude, I don't even know. What did I say? What did keep, I say? I'm, I'm scared. Keep spreading that four-color love. <laughs> I should bring that back. What? Yeah. Yes, keep spreading that four-color love. Survive through number one. I don't have any notes as to whether it was invoked in number two, but... I'm trying to just flip through here real quick and see where, uh, because it was not far into the series that you abandoned that uh, in favor of a variation of buy, collect, and enjoy comics. So I think it, uh, I think it happened you, organically. You, yeah, you had no love for keep that four color love. Well, I think it's even back. the first the love is back. Speaking of love, or let's just say the opposite thereof. Okay. One issue later, <laughs> the first bone claws reference. Uh, you were you you've had a vendetta, a bone claw vendetta since this show began. Yes, indeed. I did not realize that it had been invoked. This was also, I believe, let me double check my notes. The first invocation of Watchmen, and I pretty sure Watchmen. I don't. Even, I'm not even going to try to keep record. Is going to be the most invoked comic. Because there are times where you'll I'll be listening and be like, here it comes. Yep. You ready? <laughs> I'm set Yeah, once or twice I surprised you that I was heading somewhere else. Usually, Shang-Chi. 
that would be my second go-to. But I was amazed to find that I was choking down bone claws pretty much from the outset. Uh, that we uh, did actually mention Fiesta Taco Spider-Man on the first issue. We did. Yes, Fiesta Taco Spider-Man was came out of, um, I think, an Alcon. Um, Oh, it did. It did. Yes. Yes. Because I know Eddie was involved in the initial Fiesta Taco Spider-Man. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Now, in the first issue, there's not a hard, you know, dispensing of this, but your initial concept, three-act format. Yep. Uh, We got got away from the three-act format pretty quickly. Yeah, we did. Uh, I. I don't know if I have a notes where I wasn't cognitive enough to catch that, but uh, the uh, right out of the gate, we had what was going to begin as a just kind of standalone thing that became our first story arc, which it started out as something else. And I thought that it was in retrospect that I had changed it, but it turns out like the second or third issue of the arc uh, it was renamed from whatever it was in the in the first one, uh, with with to comp, comic book confidential. Well, I we had set out I think at the beginning. As, I think it's because it started out as why I hate fanboys. What we and said it, it didn't fit where we were headed with the rest of them, so it sort of morphed into comic book comic comic book confidential. The first chapter being why I hate fanboys. Yeah, we said from the beginning of the show, we said we're going to get this out of the way. We literally said, we're going to get these topics out of the way. And it was like uh, Women in Comics, um, Why We Hate Fanboys. Um, I forget, you know, there were, a, I think Race was one of the ones we did right off the jump. The first arc consisted of Why I Hate Fanboys, What's So Bad About Human Sexuality, yes, yes. Women in Comics, Faith in Four Colors, yep. and Holding Up a Mirror to Reality, which is where we did touch upon. Uh, and then what I love is our 6.1, 6.2, as it turned out, uh, was the first time we dove into toys. Because it was and tough. We have, <laughs> yeah. Because the first five were tough, man. Yeah, we, were, we needed a, a palate cleanser, I think we called it. And you... Uh, you know, we, we we dove into toys, but we dove into the worst toys we could come oh, up God, with. Oh, God, that was a great I, – I didn't realize that was so early on. Yeah, that was fails to astonish. Wasn't that – we went through the old Toy Biz oh, we, we X-Men line. We were like the opening sequence of Conan the Barbarian. We just rode into the little <laughs> village of Toy Biz, like so much Thalsa Doom's army. <laughs> yeah. And just ravaged the place. We really did. We do a, a bold uh, percussion-heavy score. We heard the lamentation of the women. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, uh, because that was, but that was where um, Ice Cream Soldier was brought. I to believe bear. you are right. Let me look at my notes here. But I think that is where we first mentioned Ice Cream Soldier. Later to be found by Eddie and I at our first meeting in real life yeah. together at the G.I. Joe Toy Show in Grapevine, Texas. Yeah, R- Rick Gutierrez had joined us on that one. Rick was a, Rick was on fire on that one. He was oh, pulling he was. stuff he out. Just, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I mean, he collected the, the toys that uh, apparently Barbie suppositories. Yes, yes. Uh, 
terrible, uh, referring to tear tire or whatever from uh, Super Friends, and Kryptonian crotch tile region. <laughs> yes. Yeah, terms coined on number six point one. Oh, so good, so good. Uh, we uh, we got into so many toys and. Uh, Apparently invoked James Clavell's Shogun at one point. I remember that. We actually, Shogun shows up quite a bit on this show. Yeah, it, it does. And, uh, oh, this was also, 6.1 was the first time you mentioned punching someone in the dick. Okay, good, good. I'm glad it was, <laughs> I'm glad it only took six hours of recording. That's right. Before I, before I started to threaten to punch people in the dick. <laughs> good. Yeah, Ice Cream Soldier uh, is first invoked in 6.2. Good. As well as Rick's, at the time, catchphrase, how can it get any worse? Nice. Nice. And then we we really, it it's fun to look back and see where we went. Uh, at your insistence, we uh, spent a whole issue on Star Wars, as well as the Star Wars Celebration, uh, in the Star Wars Colibration. <laughs> Well, you went to Celebration that year. It was important. Yes, indeed. Um, we talked about Alcon and a piece of the Action Collectibles, Catherine and my shop, back in the day. Yes. Uh, invoked the uh, term Simple Tricks and Nonsense, which I often do. When when did Garrison Keillor make an, a, an appearance on this show? I am up to, what did I tell you, 68? Yeah. Not yet. I have yet to encounter Garrison Keillor. I'm shocked. I know, I am too. A lot of stuff. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of stuff that I, I'm anticipating I've already hit. And even more, I haven't at a point where I feel like I should have by now. So apparently a lot of stuff came a lot later than I imagined, and some stuff hit a lot earlier. Uh, also, issue eight, uh, we did not have you Okay. Uh, for that one. That was the uh, first issue of Comics Commerce and the Almighty Buck. That's right. I was not on that. But boy, did we get into stuff after you got back. Yeah, we did. We talked about the fridge bail-in figure for G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I still, that is somewhere, I still have that somewhere. I will find it. I will find we invoke, that. <laughs> we invoked everything from... Uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus to Old Yeller. <laughs> Some of the things that were just sort of mentioned, I don't know why I chose to be so particular on this one, but uh, the uh, American Tourister luggage commercials with the Gorilla, Dreft Laundry Detergent with uh, Dreft a, laundry a, free, detergent. <laughs> a free towel inside, Starbucks coffee and P.T. Barnum. Uh the new words coined on number nine were embedness. Yes. And loraxy. <laughs> so I got a question for you, and maybe maybe you have this information. You know, we have, um, and I think you've gotten to the point where it's in there. Have you gotten to the point with uh, with Ultron Cafe yet? Yes, indeed. I was so happy. Uh, began as alternately in the same issue. Uh, Cafe Ultron and Ultron Cafe. Oh, did it? It has alternated since then. <laughs> Mostly, as far as I am now, it has more been Cafe Ultron. Oh, I'm glad that they can change their name so frequently. 
to sometimes uh, in the same album. Sometimes, yeah, in the same twenty-minute period. I'm, I'm just that's that's great. How here's something here's something you'll love. Okay. The second Hey Kids Comics presents. Okay. And the sad thing is, this is number twenty-four. Was the second one? I think there may have been four. Yeah, right. <laughs> All these years that the second Hey Kids Comics presents was the first episode of 2013. Um, Watchmen, of course, was invoked. Sure. This was the first time that time bullets were mentioned. Oh, no. Uh, actually, you pointed out that that began over at Amazing Comic Cast or um, United States of Geekdom, probably United States of Geekdom by then. But. Uh, Time Bullet found a new home. Is this when you uh, created the um, the Bruce? Is, is this the Bruce Wayne travels through time postulation where uh, where Darkseid was just sending superheroes back this, in time? I think that was later. I think we just sort of mentioned Time Bullets for the first time on this one because I don't have any notes to that effect, but I do have a note uh, that you had mentioned uh, Nightwing's original costume, the collar was inspired by ABBA, or the actual uh, costume. Nice. Like, stole it backstage at an ABBA concert. <laughs> they were, ABBA came to Cirque du Soleil, and he just saw it and had to have it. <laughs> right. And uh, we, uh, we mentioned things from, uh, like, Jabberjaw, um, whatever happened to Baby Jane, <laughs> the Hobbit, Presumably part one and Shark Tank were among the – even Mr. Magoo and Ozzy and Harriet were invoked at that point. Uh, during this, I um, discovered that a couple of issues had fallen out of existence Yes, in the back issue bins. Um, I just today, even though I'm in the 60s now, I had to go back and listen to 31 – which was our first creator spotlight, which was uh, Frank Miller time. Yes, yes, it was. And um, God, it, that was our shortest episode ever, weighing in at just under thirty-five minutes. For some reason, we hint at, but never really adequately explain. Uh, we just we're only going to do a short episode that particular day. I think we bandied about the idea of doing some shorter episodes like Creator Spotlights and thing like, things like that to kind of slot in and not as regular shows. I think maybe this was our, our us dipping the toe in the water and realizing that we cannot do a half hour. It's impossible for us to do a yeah. half hour. So I want to – this one uh, has some wonderful notes. This uh, this was the one where we mentioned the uh, Frank Miller's uh, Man of Bats Returns, of course. Sure. Uh, idea. Yes, uh, we uh, invoked a lot of stuff that Miller was personally involved in, in uh, movies and television shows, or mostly movies, uh, as well as uh, in the context of 300, that it being the magic mic that guys would go see. Yes, yes. Because apparently I mentioned, um, let's just say some hot gates are hotter than others. That is brilliant. It's still funny. <laughs> And uh, you mentioned that uh, 300 starring more abs than men. <laughs> All star. I'm the goddamn Batman. Batman. Yeah. 
you refer to as a white wine Frank Miller reduction. <laughs> Got it. But if you took all of his body of work and put it in a saute pan and reduced it for about 10 minutes at medium heat, you got All-Star Batman. You got All-Star Batman. (laughs) Uh, We speak of Wolverine's original costume from The Incredible Hulk. Um, With whiskers? Yeah, with the whiskers. And I was uh, singing Midnight. I was saying that the uh, Sasquatch North Star would go over to Weapon X and kind of poke and say, Hey, Logan, they're great! (laughs) Damn it, this was so full. We were on fire. Yeah, there's a line in there because it was such a short episode where I actually say, if this is still in there, we didn't edit. <laughs> so let me ask you this. You've done – if you were given a, the gift of remembering everything that you said on a podcast forever, oh, would you take it or would you rather this experience – Oh, I will. I would take this experience hand down because the the ever ticking brain, as it stands, is already just too full, and right. that's why we get the variety of reference of referential material. Uh, I don't know. I didn't think to write down how many times I said, "I'm drawing from everywhere on this one." Yes. Yes. Uh, Kelly joined us for issue 44. What about um, our, uh, do you have any, do you have a list of our guests at this point that you can I, call from? I have not got to the point where I'm, I'm sort of slavish to getting the entire thing done. Yeah. Before I go back and start consolidating this data. Okay. Cause I'm afraid if I start doing that, I don't want to go yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm scared of myself. <laughs> But Kelly did join us. Uh, I think that was the first time. Yeah, this was. Uh, this may have been the first time. I'd have to, uh, you know, what's, I actually have chronicled each guest because I want to figure out who is in that kind of um, Saturday Night Live Hall of Fame multi-guest host. Yes. Well, we of, know Kelly. We know Eddie. Yeah. Uh, God. Uh, Pretty Rick. sure Rick is in there. He's get. He gets the jacket. Uh, Jason, I think maybe. I think not, Jason floats around. He's he's like the the Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I, you know and, I I don't think he I wants don't care the jacket. How many times, I haven't got to the first Michael Price. I think that's coming very soon because we we did uh, Tarzan of the Comics uh, in the first few years. But um, you know Michael Price gets a jacket regardless. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Weldon Adams gets a jacket. Those two guys just get carte yeah. blanche. I think this may have been – yeah, Kelly was in, I think, Comics Commerce and the Almighty Buck. I'm kind of flipping around here, but I don't want to lose a lot of time just trying to figure out my own damn notes. Uh, Jason was on uh, issue 27. Stuart Balk was on issue 28. There's a, a period there where we didn't have a guest for a while. Stuart was on issue 34. There you go. I believe that issue 35 is officially our lost episode. I think so. Yeah. But I I guess the point I was getting to is like, we realized very early that there were going to be guests on our show. We we had guests like Eddie and Rick and Bobby there for a long time where they were one of us, right? They were, they, they were in it and they were, um, they were basically a third cast member. Yeah. they, They knew what they were getting into. Yeah, and they and they 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 punched and 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 took punches, and we all had a great time. 
you get a guest like Kelly or Michael or, you know, a lot of times Weldon. Um, um, actually, do you know one that really stands out for me is um, during our um, real crime comic book story arc. Um, oh, yes. We had some really good ones there, too. Um, but you get these guests that, that Cole and I shut up and just listen. Those are some oh, of my yeah. favorite episodes. And, you know, and it. Thomas Branch was on that one. Thomas Branch yeah, telling us Thomas about that Branch, one crime yeah. that they had the comics for. Oh, yes. And um, the, the thing about it is, uh, I, I do want to point out here mid show, and I'll reiterate this at the end. Uh, probably the best way to immerse yourself, if this has given you any interest in this, uh, there are presently seven boxes of back issues that are 50 standard issues plus whatever specials and such came out that same year. Right. Or during that same period. Um, six of them are completely full. Box seven is probably at a guess about halfway full, maybe close. Yeah. I haven't added that much to seven in a long time, but the others are completely full as near as I can tell. I think I checked the first four or five boxes uh, with the exception of that one aforementioned issue, um, everything seemed to play. Okay. Because I got worried when I had some come up, so there's no data here. Uh, that happened with the Frank Miller one, which thankfully uh, Andy found and put it back. Um, somebody is coming in and grabbing these and not putting them back in the box. So yeah, come on, guys. Put it back in the box. But, What's uh, in the box? <laughs> oh, God, you wouldn't believe uh, Seven it gets... I'm Actually, sure. I don't. I haven't come across seven as much, but Fight Club gets invoked a lot. Uh, free Enterprise, dear God, the oh, first year we were all about Free Enterprise in the first year. Um, but you know, in, there's a tradition in comics that that uh, has been lampooned at times, is, and I think it may have been more coincidental than anything initially was that in your second issue, you have a guest. Yes. Somebody else from your universe shows up in your second issue. We bucked that. Our first guest was in issue three. It was Jasmine Wolf. I want you to be sure and tell uh, Lacey that she has the distinction of being our – that Jasmine has the distinction I of being our, our first guest. I honestly did not remember that she was the first guest we had. Um, yeah, like way, way back in uh, – and that was the first uh, time that Andy said, oh, here we go, when Watchmen was invoked. Yeah. So uh, – and uh, – well, we need to start thinking about wrapping this up because we've been doing are we, it. Are we getting to that thing that I've been hearing yeah. daily for weeks and weeks that we're coming up on it? We're coming up on it. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta lock it down. We're coming up on it, Cole. Oh, so what hell. are your, so what are your takeaways from the first fifty issues? Re-listening to everything that we did, like what do you, what are you walking out of of those issues with in your brain? Well, for one thing, it's been a, an amazing personal history of my podcasting career because we were on United States of Geekdom at the time. Uh, I was very active, and I'm, I'm feeling a little shame now, as I was very active with the Jedi Cole universe. I was creating feature articles. I went show crazy. I had so many shows. Who do you love? Jedi Cole's open mic night. Um, good God, I, I'm drawing a blank on them all. Um if you happen to talk to Jasmine, uh, doll shells, we still, we're still yeah. ready. For, <laughs> we're still ready. We uh, still got the space. We're still. 
We had the half-ass roundtable with Midnight Movie Cowboys, United States of Geekdom, and uh, Hey Kids Comics. Uh, in fact, on issue 44, I have a note. Uh, apparently, there was a, I just coined a slogan I never used again. Uh, we're all sitting on our asses while we're thinking on our feet. <laughs> That's good. That should definitely be the uh, the catchphrase for half-ass roundtable for sure. Apparently, I, there was something about – there had to be something about getting uh, moved to tears. There was a quote here, I milk your eyes like rattlesnake venom. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I don't even know. I, that's That sounds like a line from There Will Be Blood. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, Oh, my God, it does. You just I wanna, milk your eyes uh, like rattlesnake venom. <laughs> Why don't you flip the coin or I'll milk your eyes like rattlesnake? That's actually sounded more milk. like like Cafe Ultron. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you did a weird one there. And You know, the thing about it is from the very first time, I've made no bones about this. I absolutely fell in love with Kelly. Oh, yeah. From the very first time that she was on any of these shows, Harry Hamlin it up. <laughs> <laughs> and her t-shirt, Feminism Rules, This Is Not About Zeus's Wiener. Yes, that's our Kelly. Yes, <laughs> indeed. And in tribute to Kelly, I want to say a big uh, thank you for the this, the Pickle Centaur. Oh, God, she did She did finally relay in full the Pickle yeah. Centaur story, didn't she? So, uh, you know, God bless her. That was uh, That's an amazing issue that has everything in it. Um, God, some of these notes are so hastily written, but uh, I'm just going to wrap up. I, I just switched over to number 50. It's our first anniversary issue. We actually did uh, a total of 52 shows, 53 actually, including the annual. Number 50 was the introduction of Ultron Cafe or Cafe Ultron. And then we just took it and ran with it. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, I think it was it I Call Scarf was their first album. I think so. I don't, I don't know if this was uh, – we first invoked uh, – we uh, invoked the Bill Willingham episode again in number 50. I don't think we got to it until like 60-some-odd. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chili Bill Willingham. But, uh, you know, every time I sit and throw a few notes down, and some of these it's just completely cram, cramming a page, is um, – you know, the hair-raising X-Men as a title. Uh, Cafe Ultron's The Longer You're Away, The Blacker My Soul Becomes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, apparently I said anything that bubbles out of my head from anywhere becomes part of the show. It's pretty, it's pretty much true, yeah. And... Um, Invoke the new, uh, the upcoming new edition of the Ranker Pit, and uh, also what'd you think with uh, Catherine, Catherine and Bobby, the unmountable Bobby Blakey? Um, so, you know, there's far too much material here to go over in one show, but I, I intend that in the next probably 40 issues or more, expect to have something randomly selected uh, from these notes. Uh, you know, and so I'm gonna give you one right now even though i've given you many that was the point of this show uh issue 62 uh frank anderson jr uh learns the pronunciation of the word schism 
Just that word, and he's like, "That's how you pronounce it." <laughs> God damn, I love Frank. <laughs> that was so much fun. But I, you know, I'm working from home, and it's been a wonderful opportunity to just have headphones on and jot a note down here or there, and discover or, or rediscover, uh, not to uh, steal uh, Rick Gutierrez's old rediscovering the magic Disney podcast title, but I'm. I've often said that, and I think Andy, uh, you mentioned this as well. Uh, the second we're saying things, half the time that's the last time we have any knowledge of it. It's, that's the last time we'll ever think about it. It's yeah. it's out and gone, and we're on to the next thing. Yeah, it's, it's, as I often say about a lot of my writing, just because I wrote it doesn't mean I read it. Right. And just because I said it doesn't mean I heard it. And it has been uh, one years ago, Stuart Ball. Uh, admonished me I needed to start listening to stuff that I've done, to shows I've done. And my my remark had always been, you know, there's no reason for me to listen to the stuff. I was there when it happened. Yeah. And when I took his advice and began to listen to my work, I was rather taken aback and to this day I don't remember saying that. <laughs> you won't remember saying any of it. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, I so say if you're keen on going into podcasting, if you enjoy what we want we do, and you want to do your own take on that sort of thing, just bear in mind uh, every now and again go back and listen to your work because you honestly won't have no idea what you said. Correct. Uh, it's it's been an amazing journey. Uh, many are, are the times I'm sitting there at my makeshift dining table desk office arrangement with a cat curled up nearby. And am lavished with gushing praise from one Andrew Farmer. Well, of course. And I want to take this opportunity to return it. Um, certainly not in kind, or we'd have to do a three. We have to do a whole arc of. Uh, <laughs> thank you for bringing this to the Jedi Cole universe. Uh, apparently. In the first couple of years, I often mention that it's the longest-running show. Uh, that has been certainly borne out. Uh, some shows only lasted an episode or two. And, you know, we're barreling up on our next milestone issue. And what a journey. It's uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't get an outside person to try to do this because I can zero in on things I don't think would seem all that important to others. Sure. Uh, we will someday when I get my analytics on this, we'll have an idea of what the most invoked movie and most invoked television show are, as well as the least invoked. We'll have the number of times that different uh, guests have been on the show. Um, in the first hundred issues, plus specials and stuff, but it doesn't really count for this analytic, I, since I'm already on the second back issue band that goes all the way to 100 – uh, in the first 100 issues, 10 story arcs, two two-parters, I guess technically three, I'll have to fact-check that because that 6.1, 6.2 was technically a two-parter, and I'm not sure if I was counting it. Three creator spotlights, three HKC team-ups, two annuals, and two recommended reading, and that's just in the first 100, Right. which itself is uh, is pretty amazing, in addition to trying to chronicle everything we ever promised but never got around to. Um, I've also been making notes of all kinds of new ideas that are going to go on that damn 
<laughs> goes well into 2022, maybe even to 2023, including, I'm going to drop this one right now, why the hell, with Andrew Farmer as the creator and host, oh, and no. why do we not have Lovecraft in comics? I don't know. We promised it so long ago. I know. So, uh, and uh, apparently I also uh, came up with the idea of I want to do a Batman Christmas special titled I Am the Eve. <laughs> I'm all for that. By the way, this is the you were telling me earlier, and I think that you know if we're going to get out of here, let's get out of here on this. Um, yeah. You got to you got to um, you have the rare opportunity to jump in a time machine. Uh, most people say, you know, what would you do if you had uh, a time machine? If you could just enter a time machine and go anywhere. The, the debate, kill Hitler as a baby, you know, go back and see the moon landing, you know, find out if Jesus was real. Cole took that time machine and said, I want to go back and relive the first time that we talked about fourth meal for 20 minutes. So Cole jumped in his time machine and went back in time to listen to us talk about Batman and his fourth meal. Fourth meal. Yes, in fact, that occurred... In our Hey Comics, What's for Supper? <laughs> um, Which is one of those that I'm just like, what the hell were we thinking? But hey, it worked. Well, that that one was all me. I just, I, I think I even say, I don't see how this could go an hour. It probably could have gone to, that was issue 66. I loved and when that was you the first to... time that Batman became obsessed with Taco Bell. I love when you used to come to me and say, I don't think we can go an hour on this. Oh, and God, I would be like, you can kiss my ass. We'll go three hours, and I would just put together as much as I could. Like, my God, this is an arc. I'm like, there's no way in hell this is an arc. In fact, uh, as we speak, I'm about halfway. Yeah, literally, because I'm about early into the mid-chapter of what I think we both felt was among our more challenging arcs, and that was the Seven Deadlies. Yes. Yeah, that was one of the rough ones. Sensing Comics, I think, was one of the most brutally challenging yeah but the seven deadlies uh the fact that we put seven deadly sins into five issues right uh you but yeah job, I, though. I have uh that's how i'm gonna spend my summer is a summer of hey kids comics well and that's good it's, it's an amazing it, it's just incredible to go back and hear not only our voices and our thoughts, but those of our guests from the scholarly like Kelly to the uh, those like Bobby Blakey who can uh, asshat his way circles around us. Uh, Just into anything, right? Yeah. Uh, the the promises made, the promises kept, the the genesis. You can. If you go back and listen, you can find the genesis of so many shows. But what I do want to point out, and I forgot to finish this thought, uh, your best bet is just to go on to uh, Google or what have you and search for Hey Kids Comics Back Issue Bins. Mm -hmm. And what you'll want to do is select the back, Hey Kids Comics uh, Back Issue Bins first published in September of 2016. There was on the Jedi Cole Universe site um, a back issue bin post that only had like maybe the first 30 some odd. But this is where I decided to put them into individual boxes and uh, take you all the way through the series uh, as best I could. Uh, yeah, in fact, the uh, box seven is supposed to be 301 through 350. So 
the seventh box is about to get filled, and I don't know where all my graphics are for the uh, – I made graphics for like up to uh, 15 boxes or something like that. Yeah. And I need to try to find my graphic so I can make sure they all match or just make brand new ones and replace the the others. But, I mean, I just opened the, the seventh box uh, just now. Um, it's slowly opening, but, you know, in the first two issues of that box are um, – the first time we did something I want to go back to, which is cover stories. Okay. All we talked about is what you, you know, we're, we judge books by their cover. Basically we, uh, we talk about the, uh, Oh my God, I'm, I'm terrible. I, I have not updated this since 301 or 302 rather. Oh, <laughs> um, so, you know, the, that box only has 301 and 302, but we did uh, cover stories. Here comes Santa Claus and just talked about, the comic covers that featured Santa. Yeah, we need to do that again because that was hella fun. What was in them? So we we need to figure out another topic for cover stories. And the other was uh, with the incomparable Weldon Adams, I believe, uh, uh, Hyperborean Hyperbole, where we talked about Conan in comics. Yes. All right, I'm pulling the plug. Okay. Yeah, you better because I've got what almost 70 pages of notes here that's right back in the middle of nope so why don't you plug us up and we'll uh we'll work on getting up out of here yes of course we're coming to you from the jelly cole universe jellycole.com all of the issues can be found on podbean and i think maybe itunes uh but if you want to find them grouped in the boxes uh just do a search for uh hey kids comics jelly cole and back issue bins and be sure you get that the one from 2016 and there'll be just uh after the initial introduction there's seven squares that have comic boxes against a jedi cold green field and uh just click on each one check out all the episodes and i i will try to get in there and do an addendum on the missing episode because there there is one issue that unfortunately now belongs to the ages yes unfortunately we lost one if anybody has it let us know. Yeah, if you uh, were paying a lot of attention when we were yakking away earlier, um, you'll know which issue that was. I believe it was 35. I think it's 35. And also, uh, where can people find you on Sundays, my friend? Well, all fingers crossed. Um, the first and third Sundays of every month, uh, Eddie Medina and I have uh, the Rancor Pit Live, which... Uh, has been going on for six years now. Uh, we uh, are on DallasOnAir.com. And unfortunately, I do not know if this coming Sunday, as you, uh, if this drops on Friday, uh, our first Sunday of June, I don't know what the status of the studio is at the moment because in the midst of very important protesting, Mm-hmm. There was a lot of detrimental to the cause and detrimental to everyone, uh, just destruction of property and looting and what have you. And all of the um, entrance, uh, all the glass in the entrance of uh, 211 Irve, where we produce the show every month, uh, is now gone. Yeah. Uh, because of madness in downtown Dallas. Yeah, and you know, I actually saw one of the uh, the folks involved with uh, Dallas on Air being blasted about complaining about the fact that 
you know, part of their livelihood is being curtailed yeah. because of this that has, you know, uh, being blasted for putting property ahead of the big issue. And it's like easy to say until someone burns your house down right, in the middle of a protest for something you believe in because, you know, part of this post was very much acknowledging that this is an important thing in this country to be able to protest, but that does not give anyone the right to go and destroy and burn. And, and, uh, and as I say, you know, that's all well and good. If you think that railing against that kind of behavior is somehow dis- distracting from the, the, the core issue at hand, which it is not, it's saying that that kind of behavior is doing exactly what you say mentioning it is. That when people burn and loot and destroy, they're the ones undermining the point of the protests. Right. And I'm going to get off my soapbox, but I really don't know if we're going to be able to produce the show because I don't know if we can – how soon we'll be able to get back in the studio. Sure, sure. And that was you know just a scant few days ago that all this occurred. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping for the best, planning for the worst, but uh, we will be back Yes, in some capacity. Once we're able to get back in the studio, uh, several episodes were produced with Eddie and I uh, Skyping in remotely from home and uh, the talk Lord of the Sith himself going into the studio to make sure all this could happen. So um, I was having so much trouble with Skype the last couple of times that I will be going back in the studio once I can, but uh, ideally the first and third Sundays of every month from 1030 to 1130 a.m. on DallasOnAir.com, a long way to go to uh, tell you that the Rand Corpit Live is coming to you, and on the third Sundays of every month from 930 to 1030 a.m. preceding uh, Rand Corpit is my other live show, Isle of Toys, that network and you can find uh the archives or the more recent archives for both uh we've started uh streaming both of them on the their respective facebook pages so we do have some nice archives there the uh, dallas on air archive is not as well maintained so uh, you can get a lot of the more recent episodes of both shows uh, okay. on facebook which is a good it is and you can find us on the socials at HK Comics Show. Uh, next week we get back into comics themselves as we talk, I believe, about bad news books, if I'm not mistaken. We are finally getting to an, an episode that I've wanted to do for quite a while now. Yes, indeed, the bad news books. We're going to talk about some of the worst comics that have ever come out. And we're not talking about necessarily poorly drawn and written as much as, in some cases, beautifully drawn, but some of the most horrible conceptually bad yeah and it uh you know we've talked on this show about the comic book legal defense fund in fact one of the bad news books we'll talk about uh was defended by the comic book legal defense fund but i abhor censorship i'm completely against it but i also i think that there is as a creative myself there comes a point as we'll talk about on the show where you have it you know it becomes Jurassic Park just because you can doesn't mean you should right <laughs> right so you need to kind of Ian Malcolm it sometimes you do I I I concur wholeheartedly that sometimes it's <laughs> you got to think about 
just because you can do a thing. Should you yeah. do the thing you can do? Should you do Secret Wars 2? Probably not, Jim Shooter. But what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. So we're going to talk about things that are questionable, bad, and some that are literally downright awful and thoughtless. And, you know, what what effect does that have on the industry, the genre, uh, etc.? But uh, that, that's something I've been wanting to tackle for a long time, and i got to get my ass and gear to do a little more research on that. There you go. All right. Well, join us next week uh, when we talk about Bad News Books. And uh, signing off, I'm Andrew. I'm Cole. And keep spreading that four-color love. Yeah, baby. Bye. Bye, fannies. <laughs> Bye, fannies. <laughs>